to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. If you own a business, then at some point, the idea has crossed your mind about selling. And if it hasn't yet, it will one day. The the idea of uh, selling a business, you know, some of us get into the business initially with that in mind, thinking I'm going to build something with the intent of selling. Some of us just get through certain seasons and stages of the business or, or in life that we say, you know what, maybe maybe I just need to sell and I need to move out. Or maybe we just get to a point um, in, uh, in our career that we're ready to exit our career completely. And uh, maybe there's not a great succession plan there. And so selling is the option that we start looking at. No matter the case, at some point, this idea of selling will enter your mind. And when that happens, um, there are some things that you need to be thinking about and understanding about. Is this the right time to sell? And how do we do that? Uh, this week's guest is an expert in this space, um, not from your traditional M&A background, uh, but uh, has some real-world experience with selling businesses and understands what that process looks like and what's involved in it. So uh, some really good information coming at you this week uh, for when, when that idea crosses your mind. As always, if you have any questions or if there are any particular topics that you would like to hear about, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can reach out to us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. And of course, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review so we can continue to get you great content. Thanks so much and have an amazing day. I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast. And you know, one of the interesting things about being an employer is at some point you may want to consider uh, exiting the business. And there are a lot of different ways to do that. But uh, one of them is to uh, just to sell and, and find someone that's interested in getting into your industry and, and uh, kind of taking the torch from where you've brought it so far. And today's guest uh, is an expert in this space, has been highly successful in this space and help, uh, help finding buyers and sellers and getting them together um, in a way that, that'll help you create that type of exit strategy. So look forward to diving into some of that. Uh, but Chad, thanks so much for joining us this week. And before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, your history, and, and, and kind of what your journey has looked like to get to you where you are now? Sure. I appreciate you having me on. And it's a good question. You know, where I come from is everything to me. And it, it seems silly to go back to childhood, but I think it's important because I was born with something that just knew that I had to do this thing on my own. I've never had any sort of uh, preconceived notion that getting a job somewhere else was my answer. I don't know why. I just don't have it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I, if I were to go work for somebody else, I would immediately begin to think that I've trusted somebody else for my success. So I guess that means I'm a true entrepreneur because I know that success is not guaranteed just because I work for somebody else. In fact, uh, that puts me at least at a 50% reduction because it's, you know, now it, now it has something to do with somebody else. You know, my success has something to do with somebody else. So I've never had that. So as a, at a young age, I was just a grinder and a hustler. I'd knock on doors. I'd do whatever it took to make a few bucks. And I had the good fortune of uh, meeting some people along the way that brought me in as a kid, so to speak. And they were self-employed. You know, they were self-employed. They were, they had lots of employees. And 
you know, they saw this hungry little kid there and they took me on, kind of took me under their wing. Mm-hmm. And so now, now I'm, I'm in my teens, I'm mowing grass for, you know, 20 people and most of them are self-employed and they don't want the headache of taking care of their lawn. And, and they always had a little bit of nugget of advice for me. And then pretty mm-hmm. soon I'm going to school and I'm like, what am I learning in school? What are they teaching me yeah. for me in school? And so I realized that school was just not my place. Mm-hmm. And so I got on the work program. I only went to school two hours a day. I was tapping my foot the whole time I was there. I hated being there. <laughs> All I wanted to do is get out of there and go to work. And so I ended up building that company. I ended up selling it. I got out of um, that with a pretty good payday for a teenager, you know, going into college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sold my first company at that age. And since then, I've built and sold several companies, uh, six to be accurate, Hmm. six companies that I've built and sold myself, most of the time from a shoestring budget. Yeah. And a shoestring budget and a dream, frankly. And through all of those journeys and through making millions and millions of dollars, when I was, I owned a mortgage company, I had 120 employees. I was bringing in seven to ten million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and uh, hell, I mean, it was a one hell of a payday. And I didn't sell it in time, and the market crushed me in two thousand and eight. Mm. And so I lost eight to ten million dollars because I didn't sell in time. So yeah. when you're doing well, is the time to sell. <laughs> Good. That's point. that's that's the deal. Yeah. All too often, people come to me and say, Chad. We were doing really well last year, but now we're doing terribly. Can you sell my company for me? And I'm like, you should have called me last year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I learned those lessons. And I, I, so through that, through those lessons, through triumph and, and, and disaster, ups and downs, being self employed, um, I learned about everything there is to know about building a business and all the quagmires of. And I learned how to sell businesses. And so I began doing it for other people. And I haven't looked back since. And I love doing it for people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and one of the things that uh, is a bit unique is most people in your space um, come from a legal background or an accounting background. And uh, one of the things that I, I know makes you unique that I really appreciate is you come from it like as a user, you, you've been through this, you've had the experience of it. So it's not just simply um, looking at the data and looking at tax returns. It's not simply looking at the legality of it. You're able to look a little more holistically because you're saying, Hey, I've been in your shoes before. I understand the situation that you're in and I, and I'm going to help you kind of navigate the waters of this uncharted territory that you're experiencing. So I think there's a lot of value to that, that, that in a lot of industries we just don't see. I think that's really good. Yeah, thank you for saying that because that actually is the edge that I have over my competition. And you can tell by my marketing material and things like that. I'm not pretending to be, um, you know, some Harvard stuffed shirt, you know, <laughs> M&A firm with a Brooks Brothers suit on. And, you know, I just got my MBA and I want to talk about uh, profit and losses. That's not where I come from. Yeah. You come to me to sell your business and we get right down to it. We get to the numbers. We get to where you're at. I help people understand their passion to figure out where it's at mm-hmm. and, and deciding when to sell based on that passion. Yeah. Because if your passion is waning, I'm going to see it on the profit and loss statements. Mm. And what, what I'm seeing now is because we're in this, this economy that we've never seen before. I personally think that it's inflated. It's an inflated economy. 
Mm-hmm. It's got to come down to some degree, and it is right now due to that that virus. Mm-hmm. But but overall, it was already inflated anyway. Mm-hmm. And so people are fat and happy right now, and their business is going really well. And so they don't have their eye on the ball of selling. Well, not if, but when the market corrects mm-hmm. and business gets more to a normal state, we've been on this, and I don't care if you're on the left or the right, that's not the point, but even if you hate the man, this Trump economy is, is unreal. Mm-hmm. And um, sure. it's, it, there's no, deni- no denying it. And business is going to get back to a normal state. And right now, everybody's fat and happy, and so nobody's considering selling. But I will, I will tell people, when you're doing well, is the time to sell. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because a lot of people have a false passion for something because they're making so much money at it. <laughs> True. But if you're but if you're not really passionate about what you do, you should get rid of it if you're doing well. Yeah. And now you have this lump of money that will afford you a business that could quadruple your earnings. Mm-hmm. Because now if you got the dry powder to go buy a new business, it only takes 10% of the purchase price to buy that business. You could take your earnings from this sale, or at least have, say half of them, you quadruple your income in something that you're more passionate about, or something that not only you're more passionate about, but also gives you more lifestyle. Right. Because money's one thing, but lifestyle is another. Yeah, yeah, great. A great point. So, Chad, you know, you, you mentioned that you kind of recognized early on that uh, being an employee was not for you. You know, it's kind of working for somebody else, having that 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 boss type relationship. So, uh, was there a particular time or season in life that you recognized? I mean, how how was it you started to see that even in the kind of the early the formative years that um, you know going to work for somebody else just was not going to be a good path for you? Because a lot of people um, don't realize that until they're 10, 15, 20 years into their career. And then they realize, wait, maybe I'm more of an entrepreneur. And that's something that you picked up on really early. So what were some of the signs of that for you that, that kind of helped uh, drive you very quickly into that entrepreneurial career path? You know, it might not be a great stereotypical answer, but I'll, I'll just give you the truth because that's how I roll. Sure. Um, it was little things. It was the, it was the littlest, bittiest of things that made the difference. It was... When um, somebody asked me to go help them for the day and they said, I'm going to pay you, if we get all of this done today, I'm going to pay you $1,800. It was an entrepreneur who had already, it was a business owner who had already decided what his cost of doing that work that was, was that day. Mm -hmm. And instead of treating me like the school system did, giving me busy work and BS work, he was Mm -hmm. like, look, dude. Here's eighteen hundred bucks. Can you get all that done? And I was like, "You bet your ass, I can." Yeah. And and so little things like that that I made eighteen hundred bucks in a day, and I was only you know what eleven years old. Yeah. Um, and little other things too. You know, I started mowing grass, and I realized that the work per hour wasn't there because I'd have to walk my lawnmower, you know, damn near a mile just to go make thirty bucks. Yeah. And I did it on my own account. And I'm right. like, man, I just went and did this, made my own money. And then I went, when I, was, when I wasn't during the summers, I'd, I'd work at a car wash and I sold car washes. I was doing really well, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, selling car washes, you wouldn't think that you could make money doing that, man. But honestly, I was making $2,000 paychecks as a teenager. Wow. And, and when I was doing that, 
Um, you know, of course they were telling me to do this and that and the other, and, and I'm seeing $20,000 roll through that, that car wash. And I'm, you know, in a day and in mm -hmm. two weeks I made two grand. Now, I wasn't complaining about the two grand, but I looked at the money that they were making. Right. I was like, man, you know, I should own something like this. Yeah. So little things like that along the way just kept reaffirming to me that working for somebody else was not where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. Plus, I don't mind working. That's a big thing. You know, I mean, you know, if you don't mind working your ass off, I'll work seven days a week, 18 hours a day, as long as I don't have to work for you. Right. 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 I mean, I'll work twice as long just so I don't have to work for somebody else. Yeah. And that's because I can have creative latitude. I can do it as I want. I don't, I don't feel the constriction and the, the uh, rigmarole of, you know, what they want me to do and, and all the reports and all the crap that they wish for me to do. I just can't do it. I have to be yeah. more autonomous. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, and I do, I commend you on recognizing those things early on because generally the path for someone that, even if you see those, you recognize those things. Instead, you flounder, frankly, as a bad employee for someone for 10 or multiple people for 10 years, every year or two going somewhere else. And, and, and there's, you know, so with me, you know, on the recruiting side where I'm talking to candidates and I'm talking to companies all the time, it, it's like this story of, well, this person was really good and they were a great salesperson, but man, you know, they were just impossible to manage. They were impossible to lead. They, they always were doing their own thing and they always had, different ideas. And they wanted to tell me how to run the business. And, it, and it's this sort of constant struggle of, yeah, they're, they're great. They're not a great employee. And so I, I think it's, I think it's great that you learned those things early on. And the reason I wanted to ask about that is because I want others to hear those same things. You know, if you're seeing that in yourself, uh, you might want to consider that you, you don't need to be an employee. You need to be an employer. You need to be self-employed. You need to be doing these things on your own. If you recognize some of those, uh, some of those traits that, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned in there that I think is really interesting. In fact, I, I know you've even got this listed in um, uh, what I would call your core values, but kind of the basics of who you are. And you mentioned accountability and the way you put it in here is if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I think that's something that all um, really good uh, entrepreneurs, business owners have is this mentality that the weight of the world is on my shoulders. 200%. Success, yes. Success is up to me and, and you, and the, and, and failure is my fault. And that's another thing that you mentioned here. Excuse is that you're going to blame yourself for any failure. I think that there's, there's a lot to be said for people understanding that, that you have to have that mentality that there isn't, I'm not a victim because the economy went down. I'm not a victim because a client fired me. I did something wrong. And by dang, I've got to figure out a way to fix it. So there are some people that strive and, and that, that thrive in an environment where the weight of the world's on our shoulders. And, and that's what I want people to understand and kind of hear from that, because I think that's very much the way that you kind of think about things and the way you take things is like, if, if it's successful, it's because I worked my tail off. And if it failed, it's because I did something wrong. I need to fix next time. Well, that's true. And no doubt that's true, but you know, there's something else that's, that's very interesting. And it might be a little hard to make this point, but I, I wouldn't know if I were to work for somebody else, I would not know where my responsibility ended and where theirs began as the employer. Yeah. 
Yeah. That to me is very uncomfortable. So it, it, it affirms your point that, that us true entrepreneurs, we love the weight of the world on our shoulders because we know clearly what, what we have to do now. Right. If I would, if I was, you know, working for somebody, um, I, I think a lot of people in corporate America, I think that they avoid rather than face responsibility. Hmm. They want to look at what their job requirements are, their hour requirements, when they're supposed to be on the clock, when their laptop's supposed to be on, hmm. when they're supposed to answer their cell phone. And then, you know, outside of those parameters, they really want to just stuff it away. Like, you know what? Somebody else will, will deal with that. That's not my responsibility. Hmm. I don't need to mess with that. They don't pay me enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't have that mentality. I have the right. mentality of it's all up to me. Yeah. And that what that does, that simplifies my life. It simplifies my mind. Yeah. I know that I have to do it all because uh, I, I wouldn't live well in a world where I have to avoid responsibility and play as good of a part as I need to, mm-hmm. to perform just as much that I'm required to. I just can't right. do it. I have to be all in. Yeah. And that's why, frankly, I'm not employable. Yeah, I'd be a terrible employee. There's no doubt I'd be a terrible employee. But if somebody knew how to employ me, I'd be the best employee. And so that's the difference. That that right there, that's a, that's a great point. So that right there is the key. Um, and I, and I, and I want to, I'm not going to stay long down this rabbit hole, but I want to mention it because, you know, one, I, one of the things that I talk a lot about are just leadership traits, leadership skills, knowing how to lead and manage people. And so, the, the point that I want to make is if you, if it, to the audience, if you are listening to this and you are thinking of an employee that you have that has all of these traits that we're talking about, let them set them free. And that doesn't mean set them free from your business, set them free, give them the autonomy, give them the freedom to do their job. Because to your point, Chad, they can be the best employee if someone knows how to employ them. If you know how to lead and say, hey, you know what? You're going to do things exactly the way that I do them, but I know it's going to get done. And I know, I know it's going to get done to the best of your ability. You're going to think through it. You're going to be conscious of it. And you're going to feel great whenever it's done, as opposed to just trying to check the boxes that, you know, yeah. I met the role and responsibility I have in the business. If you can truly set them free, there are a lot of people that can be great employees and really make you a millionaire as a business owner. If you're willing to let them, let, let them go do their job. Um, and if not, then they're either going to make someone else a millionaire or they're going to make themselves a millionaire. Because yes. some people have that mentality, but whenever they have the safety net of knowing, hey, at the end of the day, that guy's got to take care of taxes. That guy's got to take care of hiring. That guy's got to take care of these other things. I can go, let me go run some stuff and make something happen. They can be a great employee if you're willing to lead them properly, which means first and foremost, get your ego out of the way, let pride by the side let them take care of their job. So I want to make that point that if if you, if you're hearing this and you're saying, man, that sounds like employee A in my company, it may be, and they're either going to leave and go somewhere else that somebody really supports them or they're going to leave and they're going to start their own thing. So learn how to lead them properly. Correct. Um, So Chad, I want to talk about this acquisition piece. You know, this is something that, um, you know, and, and I love the way that you put this, you know, whenever, when you're doing well, that's the, that's the time to, uh, that's the time to sell. Um, and, and when you have a real passion around what you're doing, this is a conversation that seems to get brought up a lot amongst uh, my clients, whether it's be through recruiting or business coaching. Um, there's often this discussion to say, you know, I've even thought about selling, but I just don't know. And there's, there's a lot to it. It's a little bit, 
I think it's a little bit daunting, a little bit scary for a lot of business owners. Not only to think, one of the things that I hear often is, I've thought about selling, but what would I do if I sold? So, you know, I'm sure you you get some similar questions of people saying, yeah, I've thought about it. I think it might be a good time. But, you know, if you're 35, 40, 45 years old and you're saying, I've still got you, like, I, I don't care if I make $50 million on this. I'm not going to sit around and do nothing. We aren't generally hardwired that way. So what do you tell them when they say, man, I'm thinking about selling because the business is doing really well. We've grown a lot over the last few years, but what's next? What am I going to do? How do you, how do you help them through that process? Man, it's an incredible question. It really is. And, and I think I'm going to give you a good answer. So here's, here's what I do. Uh, there's a lot of psychology to this. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, I want to speak to the first part of the psychology that really uh, is maybe one of the trickier parts of this. It's that most people, and in fact, all people, I, 98% of people out there that have made it, remember the times that they weren't making it. They remember, they remember having a dream to where they, would, they could just get to where they're at now. Right. And now they're there. And that, now they're thinking about selling. Mm-hmm. But, but man, why would they sell? Because it took them so long to get here. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're afraid of the unknown. But it is the worst time for them to think that way. And the reason is because it only takes 10% to buy a business. So let's just say you wanted to buy a $5 million business. It's only going to cost you you 500 grand. Right. That $5 million business should probably be paying you $1.8 million a year. Mm -hmm. But if they don't sell, because of their income, because of paying taxes on that income, they're not going to be able to take a quantum leap and sell. They're not going to be able to take a quantum leap and buy, rather, a company unless they sell. Right. So whenever I sell, I get whenever we I sell them, I give them a big lump of money, and that gets them to be able to take a big quantum leap into a whole new stratosphere of income. Yeah, and I've seen it time and time again. And so if it only takes, you know, let's just say I were to sell your business for a million bucks using easy, you know, easy numbers and you want to buy a $5 million business, well, I'm only, we're only going to take half of your winnings and put it towards a business that, you know, if you sold your business for a million dollars, it was only paying you 300 and some thousand a year. Right. Now I'll take half your money and I'm going to jump you all the way to $1.8 million a year in earnings. Yeah. So it's the worst time. It's kind of like electricity. At a certain power of electricity, the electricity owns you. Mm-hmm. You don't own it. Okay. A lot of current, or in this case, currency, mm-hmm. a lot of money can become electricity to an owner and they just won't let go of it. In fact, the business or the electricity won't let go of them. Right. Right. And that's the best time to let go is whenever you're doing well, you've got plenty of money coming in because. We're not here to say we're a business owner until we die running this particular business. Right. You're here to run, you're here to be an entrepreneur or a business owner and maximize your earnings mm-hmm. and maximize your passions and focus them in the right direction and still apply your skill set with the new passion. So passion is maybe one of the most overused words in the business scene today, but but there's a thing about it. I can get pissed off that I have to wash the dishes Mm. or I can have fun doing it. Yeah. Now I hate doing dishes. And so I don't do them. My, my, my lady does, but if I had to do them, 
I'm not going to, if I'm going to be pissed off doing it, then, you know, it's, it's no good for anybody. Right. I might as well enjoy doing it. Now, as a business owner, to answer your question further, if you're, if you're not liking doing the dishes, so to speak, mm-hmm. this thing's becoming a grind, but the money's good, man, there should be a fire alarm bell going off in your head saying, sell, 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 yeah. because you can't muster up enough passion for it to get you excited. It shows over. Yeah. It was over. I, I, I equate it in sports to like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson would knock people out in the first round, sometimes in the first minute. As soon as he lost the passion, he even said it after he got beat. He said, he said, Mike, you know, you were the greatest in the world. And you know, what's going on? What, what, why are you being defeated? And he said, it's just no longer in my heart. Hmm. That's what he said inside the ring. Yeah. Well, if it's not in your heart, you're going to get beat. Right. So sell, because if it's out of your heart, sell now. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, I never thought about that way, but that 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 uh, kind of analogy to the the current, the electricity that we kind of get stuck on that to think, well, we're making good money, and it's a fear of the unknown. You know, if I'm making good money here, I sell it, then what's next? And I don't know exactly what's next, and how's that going to earn me money? And so I'll just, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm okay where I am. And you know, it's and it's kind of like the idea that. Um, the opposite of of uh, of great isn't bad. The opposite of great is okay, because if I'm okay, I'm not willing to kind of strive for greatness, and um, we see that happen a lot in business. So the other thing that I want to ask you about with this is um, a lot of. So one of the things that I generally kind of coach people to think about whenever they're starting a business and their startup mode is think in terms of what you have to do in startup mode to sell your business in three to five years. What are the things you need to be putting in place to to be able to sell this business? Now, whether you decide to or not, up to you. But you need to have the ability to sell this business in three to five years. So if someone is um, starting a business, thinking about starting a business, maybe in the first year or two, and and that's kind of their plan, that's their mentality is, I am starting this to your point, capitalize on what I can, sell, get out, move on to the next thing. Are there some things that you recommend to people in that situation to say, these are the things you need to be thinking about to make sure that your business is sellable and that you can get peak value for it um, instead of waiting until it's time. And then they're coming to you and you're saying, okay, we need to get these things in order. What are the things I need to be doing all along to make sure that they can increase and multiply the value of their business? The main thing is whenever you start a business, you are definitely in the train wreck of the business. I mean, you are, you're definitely in the, in the fight of it. You, you've got to remain in the fight. And you, you need to go into building a business knowing that you're going to sell it. That's 80% of it. Yeah. If you know you're going to sell it, then you can start, just even on a subconscious level, you'll start making sure you do things right. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, you're in the fight. It's hard to make decisions when you're starting the business to sell it. Yeah. But whenever it comes tax time, the biggest thing that I would tell people is make sure you report your earnings. Because what we do as business owners, we're like, you know what, let's maximize our write-offs. Let's maximize, you know, let's live out of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, that the cheeseburger and beer that I just had, you know, let's write that off too. Mm-hmm. Let's write off everything. Well, that's great. But the more earnings that you can show, the greater your exit's going to be. So let's just say you want to hold on to this business for three years. The first year, you can live out of your business. No problem. Mm-hmm. But that second year, you need to be showing significant earnings. And on that third year, you even need, need to be showing more earnings. Yeah. That way we can maximize your exit. If you live out of the company and beat the hell out of your tax liability 
and you do that on an up year, mm -hmm. if you come back to me the next year and it might be, you know, now you lost some passion. Now you're kind of on a down year. Mm -hmm. Well, you can, you can maximize your earnings on a down year and it's going to look no better than the year that you lived out of your business. Right. So we're going to be, we're going to be exiting on a flat number. So be careful of how you're living out of your business and maximize your earnings depending on when you want to sell. Yeah. 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 Good tip. Great. Yeah. That's good information. So, um, so we'll kind of fast forward a little bit, been in business five years, never really thought about selling, but to your point, I can tell passion's not there. Um, we're doing well, you know, it's a great economy. I'm doing well. I'm hearing this and I'm saying, dang, Maybe it is time for me to get out. Um, what, are, what are the first few things that I need to be doing or thinking about within my business to prep it to sell like very soon? So maybe I'm already behind the eight ball on trying to make sure that I've, I've uh, capitalized on those earnings and all of that. What are some things that I need to do right now within my business to make sure that, that I'm ready to, uh, to take on that next step? Maximize your earnings, pay your taxes, number one. Number two, don't be inventory heavy. Okay. So a lot of people, what they do to beat down their tax liability is they're, they'll, they'll, they'll buy uh, an ocean of materials or inventory at the end of the year to beat down their tax liability. Yeah. And quit doing that. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't go to market with too much inventory because now you've got a bankability issue. Right. So get your inventory, right? Anything that is not sellable, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. uh, maximize your earnings. And the, and the most important thing, is to contact a good broker, which man, that's hard to do. That's hard yeah. to find. Yeah. Uh, the reason it's hard to find a good broker, man, is because a lot of brokers, they, I call them paycheck professionals. Mm -hmm. They just need a paycheck. They're not really interested in, you know, they're just hungry and happy that you called them to sell your business. Yeah. Whereas a good broker is going to take the right steps. He's not going to shortcut anything because he's not, he's just not needing a paycheck. I, I don't, I tell people I don't need a paycheck and that doesn't mean I'm not here to, to make money. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't bring things on and blow smoke just to tell somebody what they want to hear only to right. send them through, send them through a hellacious process to, to get no result in the end. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I probably fire more clients or turn them down as clients more than any broker out there mm -hmm. because the expectation has to be set correct on the front end because I don't charge people on the front end to do my work. So I have to live with you for six or eight months while I sell your business. So if you and I aren't on the same page, yeah, it's, it's no different than inviting somebody off the street to come live with you as your roommate uh, free of rent. I mean, you just wouldn't do it. Right. 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 So I, that's the way I look at it. I'm not going to bring you on as a client unless we've talked about the value. You understand it. You understand the process and, and what this is going to take. Because once you get into this contractually with somebody and you got six or eight months, you, I got to live with these people. And right now I've got 15 clients and it's the most important thing of their life. It's their business. It's blood, sweat and tears. And I've got to be not only do I need to be authentic as I show up in the, in the relationship authentically, but I have to, I have to genuinely from a place of genuine concern, care about their life. This is their business. Right. And if it's somebody that I know that I can't deal with, I just say, Hey, you know, I can't help you. So find a good broker. 
find a broker who knows what it's all about, who's been yeah. through it, who's been through it. I've, I've sold countless businesses and, and, and also my own businesses. So mm-hmm. I know the ins and outs of it. And you want to find that broker that can really navigate you to the end. And I think just like any sport, it's usually a matter of seconds or inches that wins the game. Right. I think that that's the difference between winning and losing, selling your business with the wrong broker. It's a matter of a few seconds and a few inches and you lose. Yeah. And so those three things, claim your money. Don't be inventory heavy. Maximize your earnings by paying taxes and hire a good broker. And that's it. That's really it. That's perfect. That's excellent. Well, so uh, real quick on that broker piece, um, you know, I think there's probably uh, an idea or a mindset that we have when it comes to to a business broker that, you know, there's some value or benefit or a need even, uh, you know, to have someone fairly local to us. I mean, we, we sometimes think about brokering a business similar we would real estate that, you know, well, we've got to have this agent that's in our area. That's not necessarily true in this industry. So um, any advantages, disadvantages, or, or maybe just kind of busting that myth of why it's really not necessary. You don't have to have a business broker that's in your office complex down the road, but instead shop out to make sure you're getting the right person, no matter geographically where they are. Yeah, I would, I would actually double down on what you said and, and, and I'd take it a step further and say it's exact opposite that you want to hire a broker that's not in your hometown. And here's why, um, you know, the non-disclosure aspect of your business is huge. You don't want people yeah. knowing that your business is being sold. And not only that, but I find that a, most people don't hire brokers in, in their own town because as, you know, give you a little Bible quote here, Luke 4, chapter, Luke 4, verse 24 says, it's impossible to be a, a, a prophet in your own homeland. Right. Jesus said that. So it's really hard for Jim to go down to Bob's office and they know each other and say, Hey, Bob, what's my business worth? Come look at my books, look at my tax returns and know my entire life. Yeah. People don't want to do that. So I find that I get, I get calls all the time from different places. They'd rather me do it than the people that they know. Mm -hmm. And I also deal with that here locally too. Um, people would rather people that I know would rather not have me not look at their books and their whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'd rather contact somebody else. So I think you'll find uh, if people are saying it honest that uh, most brokers that are hired to sell businesses are from not, not from their area. Yeah. Well, and I agree with that. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I think there's, there's sometimes that mindset, but I agree with you completely. And there's a lot of value in not having someone that's around locally and around, you know, a lot of your clients and your contacts. Um, and uh, for uh, for confidentiality purposes, just to make sure that you can continue to run your business um, and uh, and to do so without disruption, because that's obviously how you're going to get peak value as well. You know, it's going to take a few months. You want to make sure nothing starts to shift where word starts getting out and saying, "Hey, you know, they're they're selling. Did you know they're no longer going to be in?" And then uh, right. there's some fear factor that comes along with that. So you are you are a hundred percent correct, man. The, the fear factor is real. Uh, the non-disclosure aspect and everybody knowing your business is real. Yeah. And um, I can't, I can't 
I can't say that you're correct anymore. It's it's a very real thing. And a lot of times when I sell businesses, people don't even know that the business has been sold and you know for months after it. Yeah. And that's what you're after. That's what right. you're after. Right. Make it a nice seamless transition. Sure. Hey, Chad, this is great. I mean, I, I really appreciate uh, the information. I think it's very valuable for the audience and um, appreciate hearing about your journey and, and kind of what that has looked like for you. Before we get out of here, tell us how can we uh, connect with you? How can we learn more about you and your company and the things that you're doing out there? Sure. Yeah. If you just go to petersonacquisitions.com, um, and by the way, your your audience, if they go to uh, petersonacquisitions.com, they can look, they go to uh, get the book. Mm-hmm. And if they let me know that they heard me on your show, I'll send them a book for free. All they have to do is just plug in a little bit of information on there, just enough for me to get it to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll send them a free book. Uh, and there's a lot of information on the website. I'm a very transparent, um, authentic guy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can get on the website, you can, you can read the get to know me piece, which kind of tells you where I come from and, and what I'm all about. You yeah. can, you can study the website. There's probably 150 blogs on there you can read. Yeah. And uh, if you have any questions, they can contact me through the website. And, uh, I would like them to let, let me know that they, that they, found out about me on your show so I can place the name with where it comes yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. Peterson Acquisitions. Perfect. Perfect. Chad, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, love the information. Uh, always enjoy talking to uh, a fellow bearded gentleman in today's world. And so uh, I appreciate you uh, keeping that up as well. Um, great information, great service that you're providing. I really want to encourage people to go check that out. If you feel like you're in that stage right now, or even it's just sort of on the top of your mind, you're thinking maybe you might do something, go check out some of the information, get some details, You know, start doing some research, um, and then reach out to Chad and his team, seeing if they uh, see if they may be a fit for you. Chad, thanks so much, man. Hope you have a great week. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit employerblueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. And you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com dot com.